Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, welcome back to The Boiling Point. I've got a very special guest here today inside The Boiling Point uh, box. Are you curious who it is? I'm very curious, yeah. Now, you have prepped us with the idea that, that this, this guest that will be introduced momentarily has a voice that is made for this. So, um, in contrast, we will sound pretty pathetic, I think. Oh, no, come on, man. I mean, you know, we, we always have to think po- positive and talk oh, positive about Mike, ourselves. Michael Logier. Yeah, Michael Logier would say that. Yeah. Um, Clyde Ray is uh, not only a, a great friend uh, of ours, uh, he's also a playwright, he's a poet, he's a director, an actor, a writer of eight books, I believe. Six. Six, eight. Thank you. Everything on the radio, Clyde, <laughs> or on Podcast World, we exaggerate by 10%. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and, and like you said, you know, Clyde definitely has that. That voice that uh, is worthy of a podcast. And in fact, later on, we're going to be talking to Clyde about creating his own podcast. And I think uh, we want to help him do that, hopefully, if all goes well. So, Clyde, welcome to The Boiling Point. Thank what, you for having me. What do you think of this place? It's a little narrow. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an understatement. I think, as I was about to say, that you could really give yourself some more space. I mean, it really is rather narrow in here, isn't it? And you have three very large men. <laughs> now, I don't know what that means, but... In a uh, narrow, in a narrow <laughs> box. Tell, why don't you, Greg did an introduction. I'd love to hear your introduction of yourself. Well, it's always difficult. That's like asking somebody to write an autobiography, right? So uh, I've written a number of uh, poetry books. I uh, pr- produce uh, plays and uh, theatrical performances. Uh, I direct theatrical performances. I'm from New York City, so I'm a do-it-all kind of, I'll do it myself. Not that I'm a control freak, mind you. I just know to get done if I do it. (laughs) But I have have worked with some really marvelous people here in St. John, as you know, the, uh, the Imperial Theater. They have a crew up there that's second to none, absolutely second to none. I'm always... It's always a pleasure to work with those guys and the Art Center also. The Art Center has some wonderful people. Larry up there really works hard. I will never forget I did my first production when I came to uh, St. John up there well, and they went all out. I, so that's like it, you know, it, uh, the most obvious question that comes to my mind is mm-hmm. um, what is it that brought you to St. John? I have been asked that question more times than I care to remember. Um, My wife and I were living in uh, Halifax, and we had done so much. My wife is a dancer, Kelly Ray, and we had done so much there, it was just time to go. I think think, uh, most artists are somehow nomadic, that they need a change to keep them stimulated. So basically, it was really a flip of the coin. We had actually thought about going to St. Andrews because they kept telling me that there was nothing there. And you tell me there's nothing there. Well, I want to put something there. And But Grandma lives in Fredericton an hour away. Grandpa lives in Fredericton. 
And we all know we like grandparents. <laughs> we like for them to come and uh, babysit. Yeah, yeah. And we also like to hang out with them too, right, Clyde? <laughs> so, Clyde, listen, uh, we, we've done 52. You're, you're our 53rd uh, episode. Oh. So we've, we've interviewed. That's almost my age. Yeah, I, I, you're right, 30, 35. We'll, yeah, right. We'll flip those numbers a bit. Um, and we, uh, we've spoken to amazing change makers, entrepreneurs, artists from all over North America. In fact, last week was uh, from Paris. Like, we're, we're interviewing guests here uh, from so many different backgrounds. And, right. Uh, and we're, we're getting to know them, what, what their passions are, what their, what their grooves are, and all this sort of thing. And moving forward for this next year, mm-hmm. we want to start talking to guests uh, about certain themes. Right. And um, just freeform, uh, you, know, you know, you and I had talked uh, quite some time ago about, you know, I guess the art of caring with right. everything that you do. Right. And right. I thought it, we, we do have a large entrepreneurial uh, listening base. Right. A lot of bi- people building businesses and stuff. And, you know, even coming from, uh, from an artist's perspective, putting the, uh, you know, the spirit of care on, your, on all of your work. Right. Is so transferable to us as entrepreneurs and dealing with customers and all of that sort of thing. And um, I think it would just be a good, quick little conversation about, you know, why it's important to care and what happens if if, if you don't in anything that you're doing and is it worth doing without that? You know. And well, if you don't care, then that's going to show up in everything you do, isn't it? I mean, if you don't really care about people, then you're productivity is also going to go straight in the hole. So I, it, it, in any occupation, I think that employers have to care. If you want your employees to care, you have to take care of them. I find, uh, well, since I was a kid and we know how many years ago that was, there was a certain loyalty that uh, employees had to their job. But because everything is so, so much in transit today and changing, I'm beginning to wonder, do you really have time to care? Hmm. You know, because things change so quickly. We get information so quickly that we don't take time to, I'm a believer that I think too many people abdicate their thinking to someone else, right? And so because you get that information so quickly that uh, you need to take the time, take a breather, breathe, walk off and have a thought for yourself. Care about yourself first before you can care about somebody else. And if you really care about somebody else, then you will stop and say, hey, how can I help you? And I think we need to get back to helping one another. So so that, as a father of, of uh, young children, mm-hmm. and we, we're, we all share that in common, right. by the way. Right, Um I'm just curious. How do you? How do we help our kids understand that? Like, how you know what? What is the? You know, we have a responsibility. Right. I'm with you 100. percent Right. And and then, I'm always curious about because you know because if it's if that shifts occurring, you know, for a variety of reasons, maybe it's just the like you said the flow of information, and just technology and all this sort of thing. So, um, and, and what you're proposing, um, by the way, I completely agree with this. Mm. Just like the slow down, right, right, reflect. You know, um, how do we how do we teach that to our kids? Do you think? Well, I think, and I don't know if anybody's going to agree with me, but I think that too many people want to be friends with their children. I'm not my children's friend. I'm their parent, first and foremost, 
And that means I need to be consistent in what it is I do and say. So if I say I'm going to take something away from you for a certain behavior, I'm, you can guarantee that I'm going to take it away and I'm going to explain to you why I took it away from you. I'm going to tell you that it's not because I don't love you, it's just that you need to learn this lesson, that there are consequences to everything. And uh, if I'm consistent in that, then you will be able to depend on me. You will know that you can depend on what it is I say. And I believe that's how I try to give my children, my own children, care. You know, I sit down and I don't talk about birds and bees. Too much information out there to be talking about birds and bees, folks. It's called sex. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, and because they hear it everywhere anyway regardless of whether or not you want them to hear it. They're going to hear it. So I think we need to be upfront, truthful, brutally truthful sometimes, and let your children know you care about them. Okay, yeah, no, that's good. So, and then now how does, how does in, your, in your art form and in the work you do, how do you find, um, you know, your, your, you can actually see that, you know, the, the, the level of care reflected to the audience whether that be someone reading your book or or uh you know at the imperial theater mm -hmm. watching um you know one of your i'm asked i am asked i speak in schools and the one the beauty of children is if i've written something and they read it they will ask me do you really believe that i better have an answer and it better be a truthful answer because they'll look me right in the eye and say i don't believe you so I write in a way I think that I have to feel something. I'm, 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 I'm moved. Today is the liberation of Holland, right? I thought today I had nothing to write. I picked up the paper. I was moved by that. Having been in the war myself, I understand it. So therefore, I could write it because I'm open to feeling. And if I can write truthfully about that feeling, I think you'll be able to identify with it. And that's how I think my caring comes across. And I, everything that you're saying, you know, even when we're talking about uh, how we interact with our kids, right? How do we how we interact with our audience? Um, let's just make that. Let's bridge that right over to uh, you know functional leadership and business too. It's. Uh, and it's something that I'm constantly trying to work on. And Dave, I'm sure you'd say the same thing. It's uh, never forgetting at the end of the day, uh, what we do is about caring for the person who's supporting us, which is our customer, or right. our audience, or your or audience, our kids, right. or right. whatever, right? Exactly. So, so um, you, you know, within business, any, uh, any perspective? And Dave, I'd love, love to hear your perspective on that as well. Well, no, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think um, we can get a little cold because we're concerned with the dollar. And quite frankly, I think the dollar has become some folks' God, you know, beyond a doubt. It blinds them. It's like, you'll excuse me, politicians, but I do have to say this. I think once you get in office, you get stupid. You've forgotten what you wanted to say, what you have said originally, what you have promised, you have forgotten. What happened? Did you get struck dumb? I don't know. But this is what seems to happen to people. 
And I don't know why you think it's necessary to make a promise when you know full well going in, you're not going to keep it. If I did that to my children, my children would never look at me with an honest eye again. So do you really care about me if you're lying to me? I think not. Now, that's my opinion, but I'm entitled to it. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, and actually, you know what's interesting is, that, you know, when you're talking about, like, so I do a lot of work supporting and developing, enhancing leadership in organizations and individuals. And, you know, it's a journey we're all on. Right, right. And, right. and, uh, and it's not through a telling thing. It's through actually self-discovery and helping people figure out where they want to go. And, and one of the, you know, and I think this lines up with everything you're saying, the idea that, um, uh, and I really like it because if you use that analogy of, you know, uh, being truthful with your children, you know, that extends out, right? And that means you got to be truthful with the people around you. Right. And sometimes being truthful and showing you care means, and I, I, to me, it's compassion. You know, it's alleviating suffering, but it's through being honest and candid. Right. And I find that the, the times when I'm not, you know, uh, I'm getting in my own way and I'm, you know, if I really care about someone, I should let them know or they should let me know, you know, the, you know, here's the following things you need to consider, Dave, you know, and some blind spots you may have and I don't want to hurt your feelings. Right, I just want right. to help you because I care right. about you, you know, so it's that, it's that candid dialogue, you know what I mean? Right. Sometimes well, it's candor to some people means certain things, right? It's like, how can I help somebody? I see somebody out in the street, they're homeless, they're whatever, and, and I take that homeless thing and I normally can cut it up, but I won't because we don't have time. I have been there. I have been homeless, you understand? It's no great secret because it can happen to everybody. Whatever, it may occur in your life. I have the experience of having had that, therefore I can be compassionate and understand what it is how it is that you may or may not have gotten there. Too often we think we are so unique that I can't tell anybody because, well, it might, they might think differently of me. I'm going to tell you because it may help you, you see. And because I've had that experience, yes, you can get up if you work a little harder. Yes, you can change your set of circumstances if you work a little harder, if you really want to. And compassion is extending that hand and telling somebody, I understand because I've been there. There are no secrets. You're not that unique. You aren't because man has been walking upright for how many thousands of years now? And I'm sure that it's whatever has been done has been done before. You know, it's funny. We were on this theme of being, you know, fathers and what, how you talk to your kids. And I remember my father telling me something really powerful. You know, he's successful Right. In my mind. And, and it was interesting because we were in Vancouver and we're walking by uh, a homeless person. He said, and I remember I'm like 19, 20 years old, 21 years old. And dad saying to me, you know, Dave, we're, we're two steps away from two them. steps away. And I was and I remember at the time I was like, well, maybe I am dad. But <laughs> like, <you're not." laughs> and, then, and then what's really interesting right. 
is that he described a client he had that he'd just been working with, mm-hmm. you know, as a lawyer <laughs> who had a who had a personal brain injury, and right. uh, and as a result, you know, this this was this had guy's to sell story. everything. Goes, Dave, that could happen to anyone. Right. And it was and it was what a great lesson for your for your right. parent to to share with you and and always remind you know and it oh, stuck with me and I haven't experienced it. Right. And, right. Um, you have. I didn't know that by the way. So. What what like so? How has that changed you? Uh, you know, the experience of homelessness. Well, I, I like to tell people I don't like to sleep. I don't like to waste time. And uh, but and and people ask me how I get inspired, right? How do you? What inspires you? What inspires me is waking up in the morning, putting my two feet on the ground, taking a deep breath, and say, "I got another one." <laughs> Because I don't know how long that one's going to last. You know what I mean? So I'm in the day. I'm not planning for five years. I don't want to miss the day. I need to be in the day. So that's how I've gotten inspired because I know it can disappear in a minute. And that's, uh, I think, so far of this conversation, that's probably the, the one statement that resounds so closely to me is, or something that I try to work at. Because I get sucked into the trap of, What's going to happen a year down the road? Right. right. Yeah. And thankfully, I'm blessed that I don't look backwards right. very, very far. I'm not nostalgic Re- regrets at all. Don't, there's <laughs> no such thing as re- real regrets. Right. <clears throat> but I'm trying to, you know, plan appropriately and make the. But you can also get just as off track doing that and doing forgetting that. about what we're living for today. That's right. And uh, again, I, I always try to take this stuff back to business. And uh, uh, what, what a real comparison too for the, for for those who. Uh, are forgetting about the day to day today, right? You know, and I find myself doing that too. I'm like, what's the next big thing we have to work on, and innovate, and become the best? Well, in the world if you're not it? in today, then you really don't care about the people, do you? Because you're somewhere else. You're somewhere else, right? So, and you need to be. I suspect a psychologist put another way: you need to be present. Present. And uh, and if you're not present, then you're somewhere and you're really not thinking about the people around you. You really don't care about the people around you. You need to be present because you need to hear what they're saying. You need to feel what they're saying. You need to have some compassion for other people. And if you're not present, I don't think you can do that. Well, I know the other theme I'm hearing is, is re- relevant to business, and we're talking a lot to, to people about this, but... Um, you know, learning from failure, right? Right. Learning how to get back up. How to get back and, up. And I would, and I'm thinking, in, in experiencing my own, you know, my own failure along the way, is it just create? It just develops resilience in your ability, and you go, oh, okay, I got up from that. You know, this is coming. I, I, I you know, I'm pretty sure I can get. I don't know what it's going to look like. Right. But I right. Think I can do it, or, or also, or the other thing is, for, is it gives perspective because sometimes I don't know about you guys, but I get caught up in. Uh, and I, don't, I can't imagine what the artist thing, but you know, how will this workshop that I'm delivering be received? Be received, and, you right? Know, and you get so caught up in that that you're not being authentic, and you're worried about failure, and and, and so worried about it that you it stops you from being you, and and you start caring about the wrong right, thing. Right, 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 exactly. And it's so funny you should bring that up because I'm doing a workshop at uh, St. Thomas University at the end of this month, and. Uh, you wonder, okay, what am I going to do? What is it is I'm going to do? Oh, I don't know if I can do that. And you, that gets in your head and becomes a theme. And you can literally, if you don't stop yourself, get away from being genuine so that people enjoy who you are. 
which is how you got there in the first place, <laughs> right? Just because you were being the person that you are. And so often we, we don't say certain things and we don't do certain things because we're concerned that someone else is going to say something negative about you. But they're gonna say something negative about you anyway, <laughs> regardless. Well, and again, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I have a theory, and Greg, you would deal with this as a uh, filmmaker probably all the time, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, 10, 10% of the people are going to really love you no matter what. 10% are just going to think you're garbage no matter what. No matter it's, what. It's the other 80% that we got to worry about, that, right? That's right. It's being in between, isn't it? And yeah. knowing how to manage. <laughs> so how do you, so, um, you know, what, what, what's the strategy that you employ to you know, you, you like you talked about, um, um, you know, reading something in the paper and being inspired. But like, you know, how do you keep that up? Because it sounds like inspiration for you is is like a, a core pillar of of helping you care and helping you be passionate and and uh, creative. Um, I, I I think for me, the, the core for that is not being able to feel not being afraid to feel. Most, some folks wake up and they don't want to feel, it's as if they have to be on this constant plane of high. Well, I understand what it is to be low and I know what it feels like and I know that I don't want to be on a constant high. I want to be able to feel so I can identify with how you feel. If you said, you know what? I just had a business deal and it went south. I want to say, oh, really? But I want you to know that I understand and believe you. You know, and I and I can't if I don't know what it feels like to be low. So there's that tightrope that I think we walk, and and being able to identify what those things are. And Clyde, I uh, I've been meditating and talking a lot about empathy over, mm. over the last years. What's, how would you differentiate and define sympathy and empathy as two completely different experiences? Oh, you have children, and people who have children really can empathize when I say, you know what, that child of mine was screaming and crying all night. I got no sleep. I can empathize with you. I'm not having sympathy because if I didn't have children, I wouldn't have an idea what you were talking about. You know, so I would more than likely say, you know, I really sympathize with the fact that you can't sleep, but it's not me. <laughs> you know, it's not me. You know, I can sleep. You know, so, you know, those are the two ways that you can separate that if you really need to. You can find a way to do it. But empathy means that you, you, you're not adverse to reaching out and helping someone. Sometimes if you're being really sympathetic, you don't know what to say. You really don't know what to say. Somebody die. Oh, what do you say? You know. So, but if you have empathy, you don't mind reaching out. Yeah. My take. So, this is the part of the podcast, Clyde, where we uh, we typically ask our guests for a nugget, a nugget of advice. I have no nuggets. Well, yeah, I have three you do. children. Uh, you got three little chicken nuggets. <laughs> I. Uh, I, I just keep going back to this thing of care, and um, and we mentioned candor qui- right. quite quickly. Um, I know most most of the people in this day and age 
are not comfortable with receiving candor you know right. uh, is, um, you know mes- messages of truth but truth for the betterment um i practice it every day i i want it it's it's not comfortable but i want it you know um what's a little bit of advice for for me for dave and for our listening uh, words will not hurt you they will not hurt you i think we've gotten a bit overly sensitive i think censorship is an awful thing it uh, and I think when we begin to censor ourselves in such a way that we think that words are going to help you to bleed somewhere, then I think we've gone a little far because we need words to communicate. And sometimes we use words that can be offensive and can be hurtful. But if I give them to you in a way that you know that aren't hurtful, I need to use them. Don't cut them out. I just said that to someone today. We were having a conversation, and she didn't. She didn't want to use the word, the word, right? I said, "Listen, if you're talking to me. Say what you mean. Say what you mean. You are not going to hurt me. I am not going to allow you to hurt me with words. You know. So there is care." You can take care in the words you use. It's how you give it. I can't be responsible for how you receive it, but I can be careful about how I use my words. So um, here's what I'll guarantee: people listening to this will want to know more about you, Clyde. Mm. So how do they? How do people? How do the listeners learn more about you and uh, your story? Your, you know, the the various uh, things. You sound like you're doing a, a lot, as you just as Greg kind of introed at the beginning. Right. So uh, you mentioned St. Thomas, upcoming workshop. And, right. Um, I'm doing uh, something with Brent Mason in August. There's a festival out in Fundy. Uh, I have a website. It's uh, ClydeAray.com. Spell the last name with a W-W-R-A-Y. <laughs> People get confused. So it's ClydeAray.com, and uh, you can reach me from there. And I'm also on Facebook. And I tend to put a lot of work on Facebook. So if you want to read something, it's there. And uh, I, I get the pleasure of a, of a it seems like daily, uh, <laughs> email uh, in the inbox of Clyde's work. And it's, it's great. I always love opening up because you know he flows. I think that's, that's the word. It's, it's not like you write a poem and work on it for seven months to get it right. It's that feeling and, you know, translating that. We have the same office, just so you know. <laughs> There's a cafe pub down the street called Magnolia's Bourbon Quarter. And Clyde sits in the window and does his work, typing his creative brilliance. And we're back by the fireplace drinking a beer, talking about strategy. <laughs> so that, that's kind of how we know each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, so, so how did you guys meet? Like, what was, uh, what was the meeting? At what point? Oh, that was several years ago down on... Uh, what street was that? Uh, Wentworth Street. Wentworth. They had an office down on Wentworth Street, and I wanted to put up production. And someone said, "Well, have you heard of Hemminghouse?" And I've been working with these uh, gentlemen since, on and off. Uh, and he was a he was a narrator of a uh, of, of a children's pilot that I that didn't go anywhere, but his voice was amazing. It was called Monkey Town. And in fact, for the listeners, we will post that promo. Uh, so Matt, our producer, will uh, will go on to it, unlock the Vimeo so the world can see Monkey Town. <laughs> My team will kill me because uh, it's not really necessarily Hemingshouse uh, stuff, but to me, 
Yeah, it's it everything was your I baby. wanted That's to be. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Clyde, really, um, you know, thank you so much. It's uh, every time I talk to you, it's uh, it really is uh, an enlightening. No, it's experience. my pleasure to be here, and, and I really appreciate reading your. Words. I had a great time today. Yeah. In this hot box. Yeah, I, and you know what? The, the, the podcast was going to be called Hot Box in episode two. Oh, I can see why. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> thankfully it's not too smoky. So uh, anyway, we were <laughs> we were told to uh, to keep it more a uh, little uh, less referencing the ganja thing and right, uh, right, and more to the, to the truth of the temperature, which is the boiling point. Right. Uh, on that note, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Clyde, thank you so much. Thank we're, you. We're thank going you to, very uh, much. We'll, we'll get back online in a week, and please share this. Uh, let, let the world know about uh, Clyde A. Ray, and check him out on Facebook, and check us out at uh, BoilingPointPodcast.com. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at BoilingPointPod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.